Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey everyone, I'm Allie. And I'm Felicia, and we're the co-founders of Keep Your Head Up KW. Our organization's mission is to improve traumatic brain injury recovery, including concussion, through a community-based platform providing education, empowerment, and social connection. So today we're going to talk about one of the segments that we have launched on our Instagram at Keep Your Head Up KW called TBI Through the Eyes of Others. Through this series, we aim to share insights from members of an individual's circle of support following a concussion. In today's episode, we are discussing traumatic brain injury through the eyes of partners. For this segment, we ask partners to share their insights on what it was like supporting their significant others after traumatic brain injury. Today's guest is one of these individuals, and they will help assist us with sharing their perspectives. So all of this information is taken directly from our Instagram segment, which can be found on our Instagram page, and it is directly from the words of the partners that we interviewed. Okay, so the first question we have was, how has the concussion affected your relationship? Well, I've always known my significant other as someone dealing with a TBI. Their daily struggle and perseverance through their pain has been a constant in my life. It is difficult to watch someone you care about mask their suffering with a smile. The burden of a TBI often leads to periods of them shutting down. At times, a person you know to be loving, outgoing, and happy switches off for a while. You learn to understand that the person you admire just needs some time to recover. And when they do, you find your relationship is stronger than before. So I think the point here about the period of shutting down is something that I definitely have struggled with in the past. And Felicia, I know you have too, because we've talked about it, especially at the beginning of a relationship. It can be really hard because you don't have that comfort level to be on all the time, especially when you're trying to balance your symptoms and getting to know someone and trying to put on a good face. But I do think that over time, this becomes easier. And I agree. Um, Once you get comfortable in a relationship, 
you are able to not mask how you're feeling as much. And as it was mentioned, that period of shutting down, you can be your true self and be vulnerable and say like, hey, this is what's up. This is how I'm feeling. Honestly, like, A, I do need help today. And like, this is what I want to talk about. Or I'm going to just need some time for myself. This is what I need. And that takes time for sure. But yeah, I think that's a huge point in relationships that's important to discuss because it's huge for both, not only the individual suffering with the TBI, but also the partner because the person who's shutting down with the TBI or maybe masking how they're feeling is one thing, but then the partner is trying to read and understand what's going on or like, how can I help? So it's a whole learning curve for both individuals and it's not just individual suffering um like I know I and Allie um both see that it's just as hard for the partner to deal with those struggles and those bad days and kind of cope with them yeah and I think also we both just kind of mentioned that it comes with time as you get to know someone deeper that it's more comfortable to share those types of things but I also think the reverse is true the more that you share those vulnerable things about yourself and really allow someone else to get to know you at a deeper level, then at least I've found that like that's when your relationship does grow stronger. Yeah. Which I think I wish that I knew earlier because I'd personally struggled with not knowing when to disclose it and not knowing when to be honest and really take care of myself. I also think that it's important to recognize that just because you have needs and struggles that you need your partner to accommodate they also probably have their own unique needs as well even someone without a brain injury has boundaries on how much time they can spend with other people how they deal with mental health how they deal with their own energy balance and stress and their friendships and family and all of that and it doesn't have to be a one-sided conversation where you're saying all the things that you need your partner to do for you. Like it's a mutual conversation that is important for any relationship to, I think, grow and become stronger, to be able to communicate about what you both need and how you can both support each other. I agree. I totally agree with that. So the next question we asked was, what tools and resources have you used to help the individual? I've found that it's easy to support someone with a TBI on their good days, but being their support system on the tough days is one of the best ways to help them in their recovery process. I found it helpful to ask whether they want space or they want to talk about it. I think something I've found is that active listening is really important because it provides an outlet for them to express how they are feeling. It can also be really helpful to find ways to take their mind off of it, relieve some stress, um, whether that be going for a workout or going on a walk or grabbing a coffee, it's those small things that really can help relieve the stress. Awesome. We kind of touched on it in the first point, but the active listening point I think is key for both parties for that open communication and to be flowing for the partner to say what they need as well as the individual suffering um, with the TBI to talk about what they need as well. It goes both ways. It's not only the individual suffering with the TBI that's sharing what they are dealing with and the active listening with the partner. It's just listening all around, obviously. Um, that is 
important to have like a really strong relationship and to be able to support both people because your partner can be seen as your caregiver in a sense depending on where you're at in your life and it's important that they are able to support you in the best way and you're able to support them in the way that you can um, in this in the state that you're in and the state that they're in so I think that communication and active listening piece is huge yeah and when we say active listening I think just over the years I've learned that people have different perceptions of what it means to be a good listener I know I'm guilty of it and I'm sure many others are too where someone is sharing something really vulnerable or important with me and I want to keep nodding my head and saying yeah yeah I totally understand or relate back to them by sharing a similar story that I've dealt with or a way that I know how to fix it and I know that when I'm the one sharing and trying to seek support I hate when people do that because to me it doesn't feel like they're really listening to me and I don't get a chance to think and process how I'm feeling out loud. So there are a lot of good resources online about how to be a strong active listener that maybe Felicia and I will do a post on in the future. But one of the things that I've learned is most important is to just try your best to not say anything and really just hold silent space for someone to share as much as they want to share. And if they pause, don't cut in and just see what comes out next. And often it's after those pauses where the biggest thing they're struggling with or want support for will come out. I agree with that. I, what do you said you can relate to like when people are sharing their problems and you want to be like, well, like I totally know what you mean. And like, Ali, we do this all the time with each other, yeah. <laughs> but I think we, we get each other and we, it's, I think we both grow from our conversations that we have with each other, mm-hmm. but with others, I know that what you said is like, yeah, you're supposed to just let them speak and it be about like them and not be like, oh, like I remember this time when I did this. People are like, okay, well, I would like to tell you my story. So mm-hmm. I do think that that is actually really an important piece of that active listening um, part that Ali just explained. I think that's really important. So that was mm-hmm. really well said. Yeah, and then if they, unless they directly ask for your advice or your help, with figuring out what to do about it, I would say your best bet is to just let them know that you hear them and you feel what they're going through and that you're there for them however they need. And maybe even ask if you have some ideas of what support might look like, you can offer them at the time. But it's not always received well when people try to diminish or like say, oh, you don't need to worry about that. It doesn't matter. Um, Everything's going to be okay. Or like, Often that's not what someone needs to hear. Like if they're struggling with it and if they're worrying about it, it can be very frustrating to hear someone tell you just to just stop worrying about it. Yeah. Because if it was that easy, that's what they would do. Especially when they're being vulnerable and bringing it up to the individual that they're talking to. That takes a lot of courage to talk about whatever they're talking about. So person to just fluff it off. Don't worry about it. That's not... (laughs) Like it took a lot of courage for that person to bring up what they're struggling with or how they're doing. Those are things to think about when you're doing your active listening. Yeah. So the next question that we uh, posed was tools and resources that you have used to support yourself for the partner. The biggest thing that I've done is just educate myself about TBIs. 
whether that be attending her appointments, listening to podcasts like this one, reading books or attending symposiums, learning more about concussions has provided me with an insight into the daily realities of living with a TBI. And I also make sure to have my own care routine so that I can be there when I'm needed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad this was mentioned because I think educating yourself, while it obviously isn't easy or simple, can be an important first step to take before supporting somebody with a brain injury. One of my favorite things mentioned in the answer was going to appointments because I think that can be a really great way to hear firsthand on an ongoing basis what's going on for the person because you'll hear them share with their care providers what's going on and you'll hear the care providers assessments of what how, what that means and what can be done about it but at the same time not everyone wants their partner to come with them to their appointments but you can definitely ask if maybe they just want you to give them a ride or they want you to ask about the appointment when you see them next those can all be really supportive ways to support the person and I just think information in general is just so valuable. And I think like for my own partner, he's had several of his own brain injuries, but none were anything like mine. And I think it was helpful for him to learn about the differences that can exist among different brain injuries, even if they're seemingly similar levels of severity. So I really love the idea of to educate yourself in order to support someone else, but I think the most important point from this question is having your own self-care routine. I think so many times it's easy to just talk about all the things that someone with a brain injury or any other health issue needs from other people. But when we forget that the people supporting them are people too with their own needs and struggles, they need to be taking care of themselves before they can take care of anyone else. The saying, you can't pour from an empty cup is so true. Yeah, like you took the words from my mouth and summarized them for me. That was great. But um, yeah, the self-care routine or just doesn't have to be like a self-care routine. Just what you're doing for yourself in that time like is important because as Ellie mentioned, like your partner might be your caregiver and depending on like the severity of your TBI, you know, the your caregiver's partner, like you need time for yourself as well. And that's important. So make sure you make that time for yourself as well, because you are just as important. Don't forget about that. Yeah. You don't have to be their everything. And if that means connecting them with other people that can support them while you take care of yourself, that's okay. It's also important for you to see your friends and keep doing the things that keep you. That you need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the final question we asked was, has knowing someone with post-concussion syndrome changed your view? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really opened up my eyes to the severity of a TBI. And I think just on a daily basis, the determination that my partner has shown in her life to overcome the daily impact of her TBI, I find that really inspiring. It's led me to appreciate the inherent toughness of people affected by TBIs and it's helped me to see that the same injury can have very different effects on different people. 
Yeah, I think that's important. The piece about how TBIs and brain injuries in general affect everybody differently. That's huge. I think that's so important uh, to talk about and to be noticed. What I experience is different from what Ali experiences. It's different from Johnny down the street experiences. It's different for everyone. And that's really, like I said, just really important to, you know, no one case is the same, no symptoms and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just really appreciate the caregivers, partners that we've had the opportunity to talk to because one of the things that a lot of people who have experienced brain injuries have in common is how frustrating it is that no one understands what it's like because it's an invisible injury and because it's so different and because it can vary so much on an hourly, daily basis. So the fact that there are so many amazing caregivers and partners out there that do get it without having to go through it themselves and take the time to get to know it and be advocates for those who can't speak up for themselves. Um, just for any partners, any caregivers that are listening, the support that you provide doesn't go unnoticed and it means so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like we said with the friends one, like same to our partners, say it day in, day out, every minute if I could, like everything that you do for us doesn't go unnoticed and all the support and all the the good days and all those bad days and all those grumpy days and all those really you know everything in between like you are always there for us and like our rocks and um it means a lot to us to have you know our strong support systems behind us and I honestly don't know what I would do without them so yeah so thanks everyone for listening if you'd like to learn more about keep your head up you can follow us on our Instagram at Keep Your Head Up KW or find us on Facebook at Keep Your Head Up. If you have any email inquiries, we can also be reached by email at info at keepyourheadup.ca. We'd love to connect, chat. We like support anything. Um, we've had a couple people reach out to us and we've just chatted with them. It's great and both Ali and I benefit from those kind of conversations as well. So please don't hesitate to email and Facebook message us at Instagram, direct message us, connect with us in any way because it um, helps us just as much as it will help you. So we appreciate it. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to our next podcast, which will be coming out shortly. Thank you. Headshock Health bridges the gap in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on Headcheck to improve communica- communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.